0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of my podcast. This is Lisa Beyer, and I'm your host. So I am recording a solo episode today on a very important topic that I have covered in the past. And because it was one of the most popular episodes that I've done to date, I wanted to revisit it. And for a good reason, because the topic of burnout has become more popular, sadly, than over the past six months when I first actually started experiencing burnout. So I'm just going to read you some of the recent headlines. Why women are more burned out than men. Study women reporting higher rates of workplace burnout than ever. 42% of women say they have consistently felt burned out at work in 2021. A perfect storm. Women more likely to experience burnout in the workplace due to gender expectations. More women are burning out at work, and that's a problem. Women are burned out. Men, do your part. That's from CNN. So what is happening here and what seems like things should be getting under control are getting worse. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of recap and revisit my story. After 20 years of being an entrepreneur and an agency owner, I reached a point of burnout earlier this year. And I'm just gonna call it near fatal because I didn't have I, I did have glimpses of suicidal thoughts. I wouldn't consider myself suicidal and neither. my, my therapist didn't either i also had this acute level of awareness that i was falling into a black hole so i think that that is possibly what made me in a safer zone than maybe somebody else that isn't doesn't have an acute level of awareness where it could become even more dangerous and fatal so what led up to my burnout i'll just share that again so i had a series of life events over a 12 to 18 month period and there's actually a quiz you can take. Are you suffering from burnout? And in that quiz, I realized how very positive events and also very negative events can cause burnout. So it can be a combination, or it could be, you know, mostly negative, or it could be mostly positive. And so positive things would be somebody getting married, an engagement, or some, you know, a loss of somebody moving to college. From your household. So that's a very positive thing, but then you also feel the sense of loss. It could be, you know, selling your house and or making a large purchase, whether it's a boat or a house or a car. So all of these things happening individually may be fine and manageable. But when these things start happening month after month, examples of negative ones would be, you know, a loss of a spouse or um, a close family member or a close friend or even moving is, you know, could be considered a loss. You live somewhere for 20 years, and now all of a sudden you're packing up memorabilia and things and giving things away and letting go. And all of that can add up. A divorce is also another example of something that is a big trigger for the pandemic it has burned out men and women alike. So the pandemic, everybody experienced, and then we've all experienced whatever life events, came our way over the past 12 to 18 months. So me personally, I experienced a blend of, you know, blended family challenges, addiction issues, moving, we sold our house, we bought a new house, we renovated, which I love it. It's amazing, but it was very stressful. Kids going off to college, kids getting engaged, large purchases, such as we bought a boat, which we've been dreaming of doing forever, having the best year ever. My husband and I both own our own business and we literally the best years ever in business. But all of that combined causes a huge amount of stress because some of these things that were happening, we brought on ourselves. We chose to sell our house. We chose to buy a new house. We chose to buy something that needed to be renovated. But then these other things that we didn't have choices over that were positive or negative were We had, you know, members of our family pass away that it wasn't something sudden, but it was still a loss. Or we had different things happening that were just all of a sudden showing up in our lives that we had to deal with in addition to these things that we made, we made choices to have happen. So when I started realizing that I had burnout earlier this year, which was in February, March. Burnout wasn't this buzzword that it is right now. And it's really sad that burnout is even more popular um, today as it was six months ago. And it's it's popular in the sense that there's reports coming out. I just read you some of the headlines, but burnout is now trending on Google Trends as people people are more and more people are searching more than ever terms such as how do I recover from burnout burnout in the workplace. So people are Googling because they're suffering. And unfortunately, women especially are suffering. So just some more examples, the annual women in the workplace report from McKinsey and company and the leanin.org found that the gap between women and men who say they are burned out has nearly doubled in the last year. But here's the thing, 42% of women and 35% of men reported feeling burned out often or almost always in 2021, compared to 32% of women and 28% of men. So the men haven't been um, as impacted, it seems, as women, but they are impacted and everybody globally is impacted by the pandemic and by all of these things that are happening um, in our environment and in our world that weren't necessarily as extreme or happening at all, even a year or two ago. So I think the number one thing I wanted to kind of go through is just recognizing burnout. And like I said, I did recognize that I was burning out. I just was, um, I wasn't really sure what it was. Like I didn't have the clarification of, okay, this is burnout. Now looking back and now having more information, the information that I'm going to go over with you today that I want to share with you, it's easier to recognize burnout and possibly recognize it earlier and figure out what to do about it. So, you know, me recognizing burnout, what was happening with me was, yes, I had my yoga certification, I practiced yoga on a daily basis, I was a regular meditator, I, you know, at the end of the day, would have a glass of wine. But what was happening was, while these things were giving me maybe a quick fix, they were not helping me overall overcome what I was going through. And so one of the first indications of burnout is chronic stress. So if you're experiencing chronic stress, you're getting one step closer to burnout. And I would tell my therapist, you know, before I was suffering from burnout, I would be like, "Hey, I'm I'm really burning the candle at both ends." And she would say, "Lisa, you're one step away from depression." So burning the candle at both ends, chronic stress leads to depression and then you're having to deal with all of these different things at once. So what really brought to my attention, I really need to revisit this topic. Not only was this a popular episode um, that I recorded for this year, but last week I attended one of my first um, in-person conferences, actually my second in-person conference, but the first in-person event for my entrepreneur mastermind called Baby Bathwater, which I'm sure you've heard me mention. And at the mastermind it was a 3 day event there was different content sessions happening and one of the ones i made it a point to go to was led by the flow research collective and that session was talking about getting into the flow state and and also what i was really fascinated by was they covered in this What I was really fascinated by was part of the presentation went over three tools to master your nervous system and unblock flow. So basically the the session was about how to get into flow and how to unblock flow. So one of the three was the art of burnout proofing. And I was like, oh, if I would have just been able to Google this and find something like this six months ago, it would really help me understand what I was going through and maybe what what I needed to do. And I also wouldn't feel like I'm alone. And that was one of the things is I felt I was so alone, I didn't know what to do. So I asked Rianne and Connor, who gave the presentation, they're the co-founders of the Flow Research Collective, if I could um, get a copy of the presentation and share it with my audience today. So if you're interested in what we're talking about, and you want more information, just look up Flow Research Collective and I'm also going to put the links on the show notes. And Connor Murphy is the chief science officer and also the co-founder. And Rianne Doris is the co-founder and COO at the Flow Research Collective. I don't want to leave out Stephen Kotler, who is also co-founder, New York Times bestselling author, and he is an expert in reaching the flow state. So it's obvious to me, if you want to reach flow state, you're not even get going to get near to being in the flow state if you are suffering from burnout, and basically the flow state, and I might be hacking this in the way I'm describing it, but the flow state is that state whether you're writing something or you're in sports or you're doing some artwork or you're you're trying to get into your peak performance as Stephen Kotler would call it, you find yourself in this state of flow where things are just like you know kind of time stops, and all of a sudden you're you don't even realize that you know a half hour went by, and you just were writing this amazing stuff. Or you you're doing you're running, and you know, if you've ever experienced this running, you get into that flow state where you know things are just happening, and they're just happening very easily. So if you want to get into flow state, whether you're a writer, entrepreneur, you know you want to recognize when your peak performance is, when the best times of the day that you're going to have the best productivity, and your brain is healthy, and you're getting enough sleep. One thing that is definitely going to hinder you from all this is getting burnout. So the art of burnout proofing is what I'm going to lightly go over today. And if you want more information on this, definitely go check out the Flow Research Collective and they can give you even more information. So just kind of breaking down this, talking about the art of burnout proofing. So the art of burnout proofing really starts with, I didn't realize that somebody actually coined the word burnout and she is known as the godmother of burnout. Her name is Christina Maslach. And so Christina is really getting credit for coining this name burnout. And I'm just going to kind of talk about and breeze over some basics. So how does burnout feel is described. So, you know, to me, I can totally relate to this. It's feelings of profound emotional exhaustion. I felt completely exhausted no matter how much sleep I got or how little sleep I got. I was always emotionally and mentally exhausted. And this type of thing can have a negative, it's negatively directed at your family, your friends, maybe your clients, your colleagues. If you're a business owner, it's something that you really need to pay attention to. If you're you know, a leader in an organization and doesn't matter if you're the owner, you're still owning your team, you need to be aware of misdirected negativity. So also you're, you're feeling like, like, you're feeling like your, your professional competence is at an all time low. So you might be the most competent person in the world and the most expert in your field, but you don't feel like you are. So you start feeling very similar to symptoms of depression. Burnout will really zap your ambition and make you feel like you have very low sense of worth. This is something that I could totally relate to, but I didn't know what was going on. And then if you really get into the definition of burnout, it's basically a prolonged response to chronic emotional and interpersonal stressors, whether it's on the job or in your family. So the focus of this presentation I went to was really based on, you know, working and the workplace, but it, it also falls into social, family, work, business. Some of the, def- you know, when you're trying to define burnout, you're feeling like, overwhelmed, completely exhausted and overwhelmed. And you're also feeling like very cynical and a feeling of detachment. So things are happening around you, but like you don't really, you're like losing the relatedness to that. And you're becoming, I'm just gonna describe how I was becoming kind of numb to everything. And you also have this feeling of ineffectiveness and you feel like no matter what you do right or wrong, you're lacking accomplishment. I can resonate with that feeling exactly those feelings exactly. And that's what I was going through. And there's even ways that they can actually see how burnout enlarges a part of your brain. And then it, it ends up fracturing the connectivity to what you're, what is happening and maybe what you're feeling. So I thought this was super interesting as well. The world health organization is now recognizing burnout and invalidating it as, as a, as a disorder, as something that you're suffering from, similar to stress is now recognized as a real, real thing that's happening to us. And it's not, oh, they're just stressed. Oh, it's just stressed. It's just stress. So burnout has validated psychological triggers. The World Health Organization, you know, basically states high job demands, low control and effort or slash reward imbalances are huge risk factors when it comes to burnout and recognizing what the psychological triggers of burnout could be. One thing that I learned also that I want to share is that when burnout happens, it's subtle. It's not something that you feel overnight. The same with when you're trying to reverse burnout, it's subtle. It happens slowly. And I'm still looking, you know, looking back and looking like my my accomplishment and how I've been able to overcome burnout, I'm not 100%. I have not overcome burnout 100%. Maybe if I'm looking back now, maybe I'm 50% better. But even that 10 or 20% better in the beginning was a huge leap of relief for me. And I felt that 10%, that 20% felt very significant. So the negative effects of burnout can happen outside of your conscious awareness. And this is according to the flow research collective, Rian and Connor, when they were sharing their presentation on, you know, first of all, like, how do we get into flow state and how do we recognize and get into flow state so you can have peak performance. But one of the ways to get there is burnout, making sure that you're like proofing yourself against burnout. So looking at some other factors, the accumulation of hundreds or thousands of any tiny disappointments, each one hardly noticeable on its own. This is what is really adding up to burnout. So it's those 1,000 little things that are really adding up to burnout. And I can attest for that firsthand. So some of them were big things, but some of them were really minor, but each one just cut into me. So um, looking at those little unnoticeable and um, disappointments, and also the noticeable ones, and then we went over what, what I'm going to share with you: the burnout triggers. And I just wish I knew this. I wish I could. I knew some of this when I was going through this these stages. So the causes of burnout can be workload, control, reward, community, fairness, and values. So those things, and this you know, this is based on a work life survey, are going to can possibly cause emotional exhaustion, cynicism, and lack of personal accomplishment. The consequences of burnout are, you know, you hate your job, you hate your work, you hate what you're doing, you hate your business. Another consequence can be just basically like, you know, you're organizing your life and life management. And then looking looking at what, how are you going to overcome this and and how are you going to turn this around? right? So looking at the causes of burnout and then what exactly is burnout and what are some of the consequences of burnout? And I just felt like when we were going over this, I could totally relate. So the six burnout triggers, according to Maslach, who is the godmother of coming up with the the term um, burnout. So lack of control, you just feel like no matter what you're doing, you know, you're just on this hamster wheel and just going nowhere fast. And you, you're just, everything is, seems like it's more out of control than it actually is. And then there's the work overload. And this is some, this I think is also a buzzword. People are on work overload and they don't know how to overcome it. So they just keep working to try to get ahead. And it's really the same as the hamster wheel. You're on this hamster wheel of working and working and working, and you're really not getting anywhere. So another trigger for burnout is it's, they're labeling this as unfairness. And so this could be in an example of maybe you work for a family business, or maybe this is something happening in your family and somebody is always getting, depending on the situation, favored by, for, for reasons that don't make sense at all, or maybe you're just feeling this feeling of unfairness and maybe this is something that is triggering you to have this snowball effect and start pushing you on this journey of burnout, which you don't want to go on. And then there's values. Conflict is another trigger. Insufficient reward. So this could be an example for me. Like I just felt like client calls that I were, when I was on some of my client calls, it was just so exhausting. And no matter how hard I tried and no matter what my team did and no matter what I did at home, like nothing was ever good enough. And so you just, I was just not feeling like accomplished. And another trigger for burnout is called breakdown of community. So this could be depending on scenarios. For me, I felt like my daughter had gone off to college. Our other kids were out of the house. It was just my husband and I, and most of our friends and family didn't live in our, in the Orlando, central Florida area. So I just felt super alone. And I felt like I really didn't have any outlet. I didn't have any friends that I could see in person. And that also was triggered by the pandemic and having such a long period of time without being able to see people in person and share the good, the bad, and the ugly with your friends and with your community. So those are the six triggers of burnout that I just, I really wanted to, to go over. And I feel like it was super helpful for me to hear what those triggers are to help me be aware of me maybe falling back into the burnout stage. And I just wanted to share with you some of the ways that the top 20 active recovery protocols that the Flow Research Collective shared, these are things to do to get yourself into um, a state of um, avoiding stress or overcoming stress which will hopefully help you to avoid getting into a state of chronic stress, which could also then lead to to burnout and basically burnout proofing your, your yourself so that you could be able to access flow state and access joy and connect with happiness and not be in this basically in kind of a state of being crippled by, by your state of burnout. So some of these, these are These are the top 20 active recovery protocols put out by the Flow Research Collective. So cold showers, I personally don't like cold showers, but I can see how that would be something that will kind of like snap you out of maybe a state of of stress. Ice baths cryotherapy i haven't tried that yet but i'm really dying to saunas so i have started going to a place called hot works and i do yoga hot yoga and an infrared sauna and it is an amazing detox and is really helping me as i'm trying to recover from my burnout steam rooms i love i haven't been able to really go to one lately because of the pandemic it seems like every spa the steam room is closed but if you have a steam room or have access to one It's a great way to help yourself recover from these situations that might snowball into chronic stress and then snowball into burnout. Hot baths are amazing. So that's another recovery protocol. Breath work is huge. Meditation, I can't even stress enough. Flotation tanks. I haven't tried that, but let me know if you have. And then immersing yourself in nature. So I've found that going on Quick walks, whether it's five, 10, 30 minutes through bike trails that are right in my neighborhood or on the beach are very helpful in kind of shifting me back into um, a better state of mind. Exercise, massage. I just had a massage yesterday. There's a lot of, there's different, price ranges of massages. Massage, I feel like is more accessible than it ever has been. So you don't have to go to to an expensive massage or I'm sorry, you don't have to go to an expensive spa to get a a massage, which can make a huge difference in your state of mind. Sleep is huge. I also went to a session by Dr. Michael Bruce. He is known as the sleep doctor and he's a New York times bestselling author. I highly recommend looking him up. And that was at the baby bathwater conference. And it was a whole session about how to get the most out of your sleep and, and, and how to understand like what chronotype you are so that, you know, the best time to go to sleep and the best time to wake up and the best ways, ways to get the best night's sleep. Yoga is also huge. myofacial release, stretching, Just having fun, aimless play. Like it could be just like running around and just like throwing a football with your family or with your friends. Next is a pressure weighted blanket. So I basically like attached to my weighted blanket when I was going through my worst stages of burnout. So if you don't have a weighted blanket, it really does give immediate relief. Belly laughing is another. If you've tried Kundalini yoga, there's a great teacher that's on glow.com. And I can't remember her name right now, but I'll put it in the show notes. And she has a whole series of kundalini yoga where she incorporates belly laughing into her practice. And then last but not least, Yoga Nidra. So that Yoga Nidra is a type of, of yoga that helps promote, helps promote like a, more, a healthier type of sleep. So definitely look into that. And I hope you've gotten something out of everything that I I've, I've talked about. And I wanted to bring this. Back as a topic because it's back in the news. And, you know, men and women are both suffering, women even worse for many reasons. And we just really need to try to do what we need to do to to get ahead of this and don't let this take us over. So if you have any ideas or any input on burnout, I'm coining this the Burnout Diaries, and I'll probably bring it back as the topic and take it on from a different language take it on from a different angle, possibly the angle of sleep, because that is a big part of our being mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, and also physically healthy. So sleep is probably one of the most critical tools that you can use to combat burnout and chronic stress and physical, whether it's disease or disorders or any type of sickness. So if I had to say and sum up, like what's the most important thing right now that I'm doing to keep myself mentally healthy in a state of flow, in a positive state, or take myself out of a negative, negative state is to make sure that I'm getting quality sleep. And I'll just leave it on that. How do I track my sleep? So I use a Fitbit. I have the, the Fitbit. I'm not really sure which one it is, but it's the one that just came out. And it gives you your sleep score. My husband, I got him the Aura ring and it tracks his sleep. And according to the experts that I spoke with last week, the Fitbit and Aura are the best technology, most accurate technology that you can access as a consumer to track your sleep and the quality of sleep. And it will tell you where you need to improve on, what you need to do different. So, I'll leave you at that. That sleep is one of the most important things to help you avoid burnout and also recover from burnout. And with that, I will say namaste and I will see you on the next episode.